you're listening to the Dopeos podcast. Uh, Adam Doe, Tommy Rutherford is my guest today. He is a UCI men's basketball legend. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite players watching from the stands. Uh, Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so how are you holding up? Uh, where are you located right now? Uh, we're in pandemic mode. Everyone should be in quarantine. So uh, where, where are you at right now? I'm still on campus. Uh, I have my apartment lease until the end of the summer. So I've just been chilling here. <laughs> doing yeah. My thing. yeah. I recognize those walls and the, those colors. They look very familiar. Yes. Very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, uh, how was like spring quarter for you? Um, I'm guessing, you know, you, you've been playing basketball and doing school this whole time, but I'm guessing spring quarter, uh, you, you got to like focus on school, like, like more than basketball. Right. So how was that for you? It was great. Um, I had a lot of time to focus on school and I did really well this quarter. So that made me feel good after struggling through some quarters with basketball and school at the same time. So it was nice to see different letters on that grade sheet. That's for sure. <laughs> so was it, was it, you know, a lot easier for you to just stay home all the time, just focus on school? Yeah. Uh, honestly, school is kind of what got me through the quarantine. Uh, it kept me busy. It kept me just having to set an agenda every day of, all right, I got to get this done. And, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're, you're still a civil engineering major, right? Yes. Right. So, you know, I think you tell me, I'm not, I'm not sure, but for athletes, is it, isn't it pretty rare for athletes to go into major in STEM while they're in school, you know, training for, for, for their sport? Yeah. It's uh, pretty unique to have a STEM major in athletics because of the demands of both. Um, I know several of the track team and some of the volleyball players have done engineering and a lot of biology and type of stuff like that. But um, I'm the first basketball player that's done STEM until my teammate, my freshman teammate, Jerron, does computer game science now. So I'm glad I'm paving that way for athletes to try to do both because it's important to want to pursue a higher education while playing. So, yeah. Um, well, Tommy, I think we're about the same age, right? Uh, I just finished my fourth year. I think you, you just finished your fourth year as well. Yes, I did. Right. And, um, I'm also going to stay fifth year and I, I, I'm pretty sure you're, you're staying as well. Fifth year. Yeah, that's, that's the plan so far. Um, like I said, if, if something opens up, uh, for a professional contract, I would, take that opportunity and try to go play somewhere but I don't know how likely that is right now for what's going on so yeah um well let's get into uh the interview part I guess um so you grew up pretty close to UCI um El Cajon California uh right yeah uh, which is really close to San Diego so can you talk about you know what was it like for you growing up um uh what were your parents like what did they do uh stuff like that um, my dad was a lawyer, a uh, long time practice for, in law. Um, my mom worked in a biology lab. She did a lot of, uh, tests on like cells and understanding cancer treatment and stuff like that. So it was, I come from a very, uh, educated family in that sense. And, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it <laughs> for my parents. Yeah. How would you compare San Diego with Irvine? Because I feel like we're about you an hour and a half away, um, close to the beach. Um, have you noticed any difference? I mean, they're, they're very similar places. Um, they, you know, a lot of the same things you can do hiking, uh, the beach, obviously, uh, but uh, I will say, like, beaches are different uh, here versus in San Diego. San Diego is known for going and doing stuff on the beach. I feel like a lot of beaches up here are more, you just kind of chill, relax, uh, just enjoy the sun sort of beaches. Like, 
that's just kind of, kind of what I understand from going to bowl. So, <laughs> right. Um, and bowl, it's not too much different. The weather's basically the same. <laughs> um, and there's just a lot of things you can do in both places for sure. Right. So the, the move that you had to make coming to UCI, it wasn't not much geography involved in that move. Right. Um, my, my main concern when I went, or was deciding what school to go to was proximity to home. Uh, being around my family was really important. So having that enough distance to where I was experiencing a college experience, but also close enough to if I needed to get home, I could go home and see my family was important. Um, So, yeah. Um, something I've always wondered and I need like an expert opinion on this, which is, uh, tacos El Gordo in San Diego. Is it overrated? Is it underrated? Or do you, do you have any experience with that place? It's, I really like it. Um, I wouldn't say it's overrated. Um, I will say that I do think Santa Ana beats San Diego tacos wise from personal experience, they have them there, but, um, and LA too, cause LA has all the taco trucks and stuff. Um, but San Diego definitely has the best burritos you'll ever have. So if you want a burrito, there are a lot of great spots down there that you can go to. So, right. I, I asked because I'm sure you and I, like we have friends at UCI who occasionally make that drive from Irvine to San Diego just for tacos El Cordo. So I always, I always wondered about that place. Wow. Specifically for that place in particular. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I, I've only been there a couple times. Uh, honestly, any trip down for Mexican food for me is worth it. So <laughs> I drove, I drove an hour and a half one time just to get a burrito that I wanted. So yeah, I feel, I feel that vibe right there. <laughs> right. Agreed on that. Yeah. It's funny because we have Chipotle across the street from school. So some people knowing that they still will make the drive for, for tacos and burritos. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're doing, the hands, you're doing the hands right there. I, I like Chipotle, but it's, it's not the same. Like it's, it's nowhere the same as authentic Mexican food, family owned Mexican food, particularly. So. Right. Right. Agree on that. Agree on that. Um, well, going back to your early life, uh, what, what got you into sports? Do you have like a, a, a story that just, you know, showed you the light to the sports world? Um, what, did you play any other sports besides basketball? Yes, I uh, played soccer for a while until freshman year of high school. And then I played baseball uh, through Little League, all that, until my junior year of high school. I'm actually a huge baseball fan, too. So it's... I have a lot of sports I follow. I'm not just just a basketball guy, but obviously my my passion and love is for the, the game of basketball. Um, I just say that my dad and my brother just kind of got me into sports. Just they would watch it all the time on TV, and they'd like. My family is so nerdy when it comes to sports. Like we'll analyze the game on a different level sometimes. And we'll be like, did you see this? Like did you see how he adjusted to that? And it's just, I just grew to love looking at the game that way. Like every sport that I've watched, I've tried to learn more about it and try to understand how the players think. And it's just, I just love it. It's so, it's a, just a different world, you know? Yeah. Um, you're, you're listed as six, eight and you play forward for UCI. So did the thought ever come to mind? Like, Hey, I'm pretty, uh, pretty tall. So basketball <laughs> would be, you know, a good opportunity for me. Um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily the height. I did know, you know, I noticed that I was better at basketball than baseball or soccer. So I did definitely consider that, but it was more just, I loved being on the court more than being on a baseball field, even though I love being, I love playing the other sports too, but it's just, there's just a different passion for it that I had. And I knew I wanted to pursue it and hopefully pursue a pro career, which is where I'm at right now. So. Yeah. You talked a little bit about baseball and is it true that you're a San Diego Padres fan? 
And if die. so, uh-huh, okay. And then I'm a diehard Padres fan for sure. Yes. <laughs> how do you how do you deal with the the contention of the Dodgers and the Padres in Southern California? Oh man. Uh I have so many friends. So many friends that say all oh, the Padres suck, you know, like they give me that all the time being Dodger fans. And then I just always remind them, hey, you pay millions and millions of dollars to get the best team and you still can't win a World Series. <laughs> at least my team, at least my team doesn't give me hope every year, like sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah, you, you mentioned also that you chose UCI because of the proximity to home. Mm-hmm. Did you did the thought ever come to mind that Irvine is kind of in the middle between LA and San Diego so you could go to like see Dodgers games sometimes if you wanted to or you could go to San Diego and watch your Padres yeah um I mean even Angel Stadium's like 15 minutes away too like that was it was always nice to know that if I wanted to go to those games it was pretty close either way (laughs) yeah um and then can you talk a little bit, a bit about uh, high school and, you know, how is high school for you? Uh, I'm sure you, you play basketball in high school as well. So can you talk about your time in high school? Uh, just my basketball experience or like uh, just an overall experience? Um, you, first of all, you went to Grossmont High School, right? In, yes. Pretty close to El Cajon, California. Um, what was – so – you're a civil engineering major, so you're, you know, you, you love STEM and you love engineering, math and science, but you also love basketball. So in high school, was there, you know, ever a time where you were, you know, kind of thinking maybe I should just focus on one or the other, but like not both, you know, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me how difficult it is to do both, you know. Um, my mom always <laughs> asked me the question, are you are you sure you want to do STEM? You're going to play basketball. Are you sure you want to do it? Uh, I was so sure that I wanted to do it. I, that's the beauty of high school, particularly is you can challenge yourself at both and try to pursue uh, excellence in both paths. And same with college. It's, you know, you see a lot of guys, they, they leave after a year and they go play pro it's like you don't get that full experience of challenging yourself mentally as well as physically and skill-wise as a player. So um, my, my high school in particular is a really, really good high school for academics. And um, my brother played for the basketball team and the baseball team there when he went there. And, you know, I was just so – dedicated to uh playing uh playing sports there and it's is it's a tough is it is a tough experience you know just because i had to take multiple ap classes and things like that and uh i just anytime i wasn't on the court it was in book in my books studying doing homework whatever when i got home so it was the same in college too uh, prepared me pretty well. I feel like a lot of people in high school, that's when um, we first start thinking about time management and how like, you know, you can't have fun and have like a bunch of class uh, work to do. You got to like balance it out. So was high school the first time in your life where you had to think about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of grew up trying to manage my time. I was a skill that my parents always tried to teach me was to to find a a perfect balance between sports, school, and enjoying time with your family and your friends because that that time too is very important to relax your mind, uh, make sure that you aren't just focused on working all the time, that you're you're enjoying everything about life, you know. so I, I would say that I've just kind of had that experience for time management my whole life. But yeah, high school definitely uh, made it even more of a priority, you know, because there's a lot more uh, demands on your time when you get older. <laughs> right. Sure. Something uh, I've wondered about, um, 
I, I follow like a lot of pro NBA basketball. I don't, I don't really, I should pay more attention to, you know, college basketball, but I've always wondered like, how do you, uh, how do you guys get scouted and, you know, do, do uh, college personnel, do they attend your high school games? And then does the head coach eventually, you know, ask to meet with you and try to recruit you to their program? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways that coaches can reach out to you. Um, they can call you, they can come to your practice, they can come to your game um, at specific times of the year. Cause the NCAA has rules about when coaches can recruit and when they can't recruit and so on and so forth. Um, I found that playing travel ball and like club basketball was a good exposure too, because they had a lot of tournaments that invited college coaches to come and scout players. So I got a lot of exposure from playing, but then also once you had that exposure from club, they were like, okay, what high school do you go to? And then they would follow you and uh, keep up with your career and continue to recruit you if they found your talent or your work ethic or, you know, there's a lot of reasons that coaches recruit players. It's not just your skills. It's also how you work and, and also the person you are too. <laughs> right. Um, for, for UCI where a school, it's a school that, you know, is pretty academic focused, um, probably academics first before, you know, athletics. So uh, did you have to, you know, have a competitive, you know, GPA and like, have good grades to get into the UCI program? Yeah. Um, I remember just uh, being told that I had to have a certain SAT score and things like that. And I, I remember not getting exactly that SAT score. And I talked to the, uh, the head advisor of the engineering program and they were like, Oh, well, your GPA was really good in high school and we know how hard you've been working. So yeah, well, you should definitely be in the engineering school. And that's just kind of, they saw more potential than necessarily results, which I'm very appreciative of because, you know, tests aren't always the easiest thing specifically for me, but um, yeah, that's just kind of, you kind of had to meet those standards anyway. Um, a lot of people talk about how, athletes sometimes are bought in like they they're brought in because they're gonna they're gonna bring more money to the school because they're athletes you know then they're they're gonna be famous and bring publicity to the program but, but you have to also earn your way in I, I feel like ha half the time especially at a program like Irvine they don't let that academic standard slip like they, they won't give you any, <laughs> any uh, slack at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see, you know, the Irvine higher up people, they want to keep that um, reputation of the school for being academics focused um, first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, what, what other schools were you looking at at the time uh, besides UCI? Um. I had several different schools offer me a scholarship. Um, I had offers from Harvard, from Cornell, uh, Cal Poly Slow, uh, of university called Lehigh, which is in Pennsylvania. It's pretty well known engineering school too out there. Um, and then I had some other schools that weren't like fully bought into my recruiting, but like I had some interest from Pac-12 schools. I had an interest from a lot of other big West teams like Santa Barbara and Hawaii and Davis. So all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds like it with your abilities and your academic, you know, achievements. So um, I, I got to ask though, Russell coach Turner, um, as a fan and as a spectator, we only, we only see him from the sidelines, you know, screaming really loud at you guys to <laughs> play some, play some better D. Um, can you talk about the first time you met him and what was your, your initial impress impression of uh, coach Turner? 
Um, the first time I met him, he went to one of my games at uh, a school called Mount Miguel. They're like maybe five minutes away from my school. Um, and he actually sat next to my mom and my grandma during the game and had a full on conversation before I had even met Coach Turner in person. And uh, my first uh, opinion of Coach Turner was, uh, I was kind of amazed at how genuine he was as a person. And just a lot of coaches would kind of isolate themselves, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do something like that. They would make sure they sit kind of like in the corner and then watch or like not get, but he was, he wasn't afraid to introduce himself and make a connection on a human level with my family right away. And that was a very, very good first impression because that's, that's how coach Turner is as a person. He wants to, help you the best way he can and to communicate, communicate and build a relationship with you on a deeper level than just your coach, but as uh, a mentor and a friend. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever think that he, he did, he did, he did research on you before coming to that game and he <laughs> knew exactly where to sit to find your parent and your, your grandparent? <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, maybe <laughs> he might've, um, but I mean, I, I've had I had some phone conversations with him before too, before that point. So maybe, maybe I just gave him enough information. <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't. Know. <laughs> I, I asked that because um, my sports business club on campus, we had him as a speaker uh, this year, and he told us that um, he was willing to parachute down from a plane for uh, UCI's like. Uh, alumni event or like welcome back event but he was like ready to do it because he wanted you know people to be excited about the team and whatnot but the problem is that he's super tall and super heavy so it's not ideal to like parachute out of a plane for someone of that size yeah so, yeah I asked that because you know it, it would it would make sense to me that he did his his work and his research and trying to recruit players to the team yeah <laughs> um how how long does it take for the team, the new players, to get used to his, like, really loud coaching style? Um, I guess it just depends on the person, you know. Um, everybody handles that type of coaching differently. And when I first came in, I was kind of used to it because my, my high school coach kind of had that same demeanor um, not quite the same as Coach Sterner because my high school coach was a little older, so he kind of learned to calm down a little bit. But um, I was kind of used to that. And you just, as a player, it's important to learn that about 90% of the things that Coach Turner yells at you about is just to get you motivated to, to do the next play or the next thing right. You know, like – so you forget most of it, it goes one out or in one ear and out the other, and then you just take what he's trying to tell you and just like, all right, I'm moving on to the next play. Let's get it sort of thing. Um, and that takes a while as a freshman specifically. It, it can be a little intimidating when your coach gets so pissed at you and he's yelling at you, especially in the huddles during games. You know, like you just – it's more – uh, your teammates are the ones that help you build a mentality that helps you uh, get used to that type of coaching. It's, and it's never from a place of negativity. It's more of a place of encouragement. That's, that's all you have to really learn from a freshman perspective. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's a funny guy too. I think um, aside from the whole parachute thing that he was talking about, um, <laughs> He basically told us during his meeting, during our meeting, that he he uh, he yells at you like that on purpose to get more people to come to the games. And I remember remember sitting there thinking, like, is he joking or is he being serious? Because like I can see it making sense both ways that he's uh, either joking or that's just his legit coaching style. I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. I mean, he he's an animated person, so maybe that's his way of 
getting people to be more excited. I don't know. <laughs> it, it does make sense. Uh, yeah. he, he told me uh, the whole parachute thing was because the either marketing department or the athletics department, like just asked him if he wanted to, to just make things more interesting at UCI because um, you and I know that most people on campus, they, they're not into sports as much as they are into their, their, their schoolwork. So yeah. um, it makes sense that he would be willing to do anything to get people to be interested in coming to games. And I think it works because when I, when I describe to other people what it's like to, to see him coach, I, I always say like, you know, you can hear everything he says. And even though you're sitting on the other side of Bren, uh, the Bren Event Center. Yeah, <laughs> he has that. He has that booming voice. You know, you you hear it everywhere. <laughs> and I think it's also interesting that he's he's a former college player. He's from Indiana. He has that accent going for him. Um, did you uh, did you know about this uh, throughout the time that you've talked with him? That he's you know, kind of uh, he has that southern charm to him, kind of. Um, I mean, I knew about him a little bit when I was getting recruited. And then once they invited my family and I to a game, like you could see it in person on how, how he, uh, is animated and how he, uh, conveys the message that he needs to, to his guys on the floor. Um, so you kind of learn like, yeah, I'm, he kind of came from that kind of background and he played as he was a player himself. So like you learn a lot from that. And he's also been around some great coaches in the NBA and college. And he's probably picked up a lot from those guys too. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, Last year you uh, UCI made March madness for the second time in a row but won its first game in March Madness, like, ever in history. So uh, what was that like for you? And what was it like for you, you know, traveling to San Jose, I think, or somewhere near there and uh, playing? San Jose, yeah. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, life-changing experience. And I just remember stepping on that floor and being like, wow, I've dreamed about doing this my whole life. I – that moment when you realize like I am playing in front of millions and millions of people and people are literally filling out brackets with your team on it. (laughs) Obama being one of them. Yes, exactly. Like that's, it was incredible. And that, that floor was just, there was just a different energy, especially from our crowd. Like it was, it was incredible how much it felt like we were playing a home game. Like we, we, that, that crowd that came and supported us was just amazing. And it, it was just a dream come true. That's, that's all I can really say about it. it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Does the, does the team, you know, realize that uh, winning its first game in March Madness ever um, it kind of, you know, puts UCI in like the next tier where they're not just some academic focused school, but, you know, they can compete on the college basketball level. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew when we got into the tournament, we're like, we can make some noise. We can, we can do something that no other team in our school's history can do. And to play in a tournament like that, you have to believe that you can win the whole thing. Everybody talks about, oh, a Cinderella story. No, no double digit seed has ever won or like whatever they talk, like they talk all about it. And every single team that is in that tournament believes that they can be a national champion. And that's what we felt when we played Kansas state and we, we played to a big, we played the best team in the Big 12 and beat them because we were ready to play. <laughs> and that's just – so we we hope that year in particular will continue to pave 
uh, a road for the Irvine program and to see continued success, especially after this year. I know we didn't get to play in the tournament this year because of what happened with COVID, but like we had that same mentality. We, we were ready to get back and do some more damage. And I know we have a lot of experienced players next year that will try to do the same. So I remember exactly where I was during the, the whole playoffs uh, last year. Well, the conference uh, conference finals and then the March Madness. Um, I remember, you know, I think it was finals week, right, of conference finals. Um, I, I remember distinctly choosing to ignore studying and going to support you guys at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Uh, I went like all three days or two days, I think. And um, the when you guys went to San Jose, I, I remember watching from my friend's house and we ordered pizza and like we were just screaming and like going crazy because you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, it, you know, that's a lot of time to spend to come out and support us. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then for me personally, I think, just screaming your name like in the crowds like Tommy that's just it's just Tommy like has like that fun like sound to it that you can just it's it's more fun to cheer that than the other names I think. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah um so uh this year you guys were you know top of the conference again and it's you know a lot of people thought that you 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 would have gone to March Madness um for the second year um when you guys played that last game at Bren, CSUN, uh, did, uh, did the thought, did it, was anyone worried that, you know, they might cancel college ball after this game and that this might be the last time you guys ever play college ball again? No, um, we didn't really have that feeling until we were driving to the hotel near the Honda Center because um, we didn't really see that news until a couple days after we played our last game. We were like, wondering well are we gonna even play uh what are they gonna do and then we saw other conferences uh cancel their tournament and we're like well if these bigger conferences are canceling their tournament we're probably not gonna keep going and we even we even got on the floor for shoot around for our first game of the tournament like we were ready to just practice and get ready and they told us on the floor, they're like, oh, we're not even having the tournament anymore. And we just didn't know what to do. We're, we're like, oh, well, I guess we are champions, but it just kind of feels empty. You know, we, we wanted to prove it. <laughs> so. I totally, I totally forgot that point. And thanks for bringing it up, which is uh, I totally forgot you guys were, you know, actually there. And then they just canceled. And then you guys just kind of went home after, after shoot around. Um, yeah, it was, it was just crazy. We, we took that 30 minutes that we had on the floor and just messed around and like, we're, this is probably the last time we'll get to play basketball for a really long time. So, <laughs> and, uh, my teammates even let me get, even let me cut down the net, which was pretty cool. Um, oh, you guys did that still. Nice. Yeah, we, we did that. Uh, they let me cut the the biggest piece off which is pretty memorable for me that that made that painful experience worth it <laughs> you know but um i for, i forgot to mention that at the csun game the whole entire bren center uh we saw coach turner kind of break that clipboard at the end um was that the first time you guys saw him do that Oh no, I, I've seen a chair thrown. I've seen <laughs> a clipboard break or two. Yeah, we've we've seen it. We've seen it all. He just he just gets very passionate. That's right. The only way to describe it, you know. Um, yeah, totally understandable. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely shows his uh, his passion for the game and uh, his care for his uh, his players. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we're going to go into the, the, the miscellaneous questions now. I okay. should have asked this earlier, but, like, who's your, who's your favorite basketball team? Duh. I used to be a Lakers fan. Oh, no. Oh, used no. to. Used to. Um, I don't like where this is headed. I grew up being 
a Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, like that team. I was a big fan. Um, but now I just kind of root for the teams that have my favorite players. So currently, just because I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan, I grew up watching him at State. Um, I kind of root for the Clippers right now. And I also root for the Bucks because I'm a huge Giannis fan. I just love how hard they play, how dedicated they are, and just all the stories of how they sneak into the gym or how they just spend so much time dedicating to their craft. And it's, it's an inspiring trait of theirs. And I just root for their teams. You know, I, I like to see those type of players win because it's so much more rewarding when you see guys that work that hard win. <laughs> right. Why, yeah. why, why the deviation from uh, the Lakers, Tommy? Once, you know, I, I just kind of lost my passion for following them after Kobe. Um, you know, it's hard to see Kobe leave. <laughs> and uh, my, my family was, a, they were all Lakers fans, really. But once, once my family started kind of not following them again, we just kind of, we're like, uh, well, we'll just we'll just root for good basketball, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all I care about now is just watching great basketball. Um, uh, and and as long as the Celtics don't win, I still have that feeling. I still have that feeling as an old LA Lakers fan. I will never want to see the Celtics win another championship. That's just me. But. <laughs> right, understandable, but yeah. Um, we, we need to talk about the Clippers and how they, they used to be in San Diego, probably before, like, either of us were born. But, uh, you know, would you rather see the Clippers win for the first time or would you rather see the Celtics win for the first time? Uh, it's Clippers all the way. I mean, just they, – their, their history has just been so tainted with – with bad seasons, you know, it'd be great to see them win one, you know, <laughs> and right. uh, their, their basketball organization has like done almost everything correctly up until this point, but they just haven't been lucky enough to win. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially because the Clippers practiced one year at the Irvine uh, facilities. So we got to meet the team see how they practice and it's like these guys are so talented and they look like they play so well together when they had Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal Crawford, like they, they look so good and then they just couldn't do it. And that was kind of painful to watch. <laughs> but we, we also need to mention the, the Lakers connection to, to UCI, which is through your assistant coach who used mm -hmm. to like work with Kobe in the mornings, right? When Kobe came to work out. Yeah. Uh, coach Ryan and Kobe had a really strong relationship. They, they were the best of friends and Kobe did a lot for Ryan and Ryan did a lot for Kobe. So it was, uh, it's pretty unique to get Ryan's take on how Kobe's, mindset was you know you kind of learn more about how he adapt he adapted his coaching style based on seeing the players that he's worked with and that's why he's such a great coach because he he's worked with so many great players and he's learned so much from not only his peers of other coaches but yeah legendary players <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I feel pretty pretty lucky that like even though we go to UCI um, far away from downtown LA, but we're still associated with like a LA legend in Kobe. And um, I don't know if you've heard like the, the lore of, you know, Kobe sometimes apparently uh, eating at the Chick-fil-A or the In-N-Out and going through the drive-thru. And then yeah. uh, students like apparently take his order. Yeah, I, I heard too that he would just be at the Ark all the time and like it was a normal thing to see Kobe there and you know what the, 
the sad thing is I never saw him there. I went like several times and I never saw Coach. I was like, I, I just want to introduce myself, you know. <laughs> I'd be nice, but it's all right. Uh, I did hear a lot of stories about people seeing Kobe on campus. So, yeah. yeah. Um, favorite music. So, favorite music. I heard. I heard you're a Queen fan. Huge. Billy Joel, Elton John. Yes. Now, Tommy, that's not the you know the stereotypical. <laughs> genre of music that basketball players are known for listening to no uh believe me i get a lot of crap from my teammates about that and it's well deserved you know i'm kind of an old soul when it comes to music but um i like a lot of types of music uh, from rock and roll to r&b to uh like Older pop, so like, you know, the Billy Joel's, the Elton John's, like, music. Um, just, I've, I've kind of grown in modern music more because my teammates, like, they try to, like, find music that I would like, but is not particularly based on rap. I'm not a huge rap fan. I've become more accepting of it because I hear it all the time, but... <laughs> That's just my opinion is more of the old classic music because that's what I grew up with. My, my dad would listen to, <laughs> would listen to so many old CDs and I would just hear all this music and be like, oh, I, I want to listen to that more or I want to try that, listen to that band more. So, Does this mean no one on the team gives you the, the headphone jack when you guys listen to music? No. No, I I am exclusively not allowed to have the <laughs> because they know my music is so different, and that's okay. You know, I I'm just used to it. So. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. First time for me, personally. Like, so no one else on the team are, are are really like fans of rock music. No, I mean, they're Brad. Brad loves. He has so many genres of music on his phone. So he, he'll listen to rock with me or whatever. Like, he'll be okay. But he also listens to rap. Most of my teammates listen to rap and, and new R&B and that type of music. So, Right. But yeah. then when you guys are, are doing shoot-around pre-game and you guys all have, you know, headphones on or AirPods on, um, what kind of music are you listening to then? See, I don't listen to music before the, like, I don't listen to music when I'm warming up. I listen to music before I get to the gym. And then once I get to the gym, it's okay. I have a different switch on. I'm like this, I'm in game mode right now. And I don't listen to music, but uh, <laughs> I, I actually listen to the Space Jam soundtrack before every game. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of just something I do. I've done it since high school, and it's led to good games. So I'm like, all right, I'll just keep the good flow going. <laughs> so that's kind of like your uh, your lucky sock, except it's not a sock; it's a soundtrack. Basically, yeah. I also watched the one. I watched the one scene. Uh, from Space Jam where they do the, the Toon Squad intro where they introduce the entire Toon Squad. I watched that scene before every single game. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me in the right, like, right. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm good now. Like, I'm yeah. ready to go. So. Yeah, everybody's got to have their own thing. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, kind of superheroes, but I know you're a big comic book fan, superhero fan. Huge superhero fan, yes. And I, what's your, I know your favorites are somewhere between Batman, Spider-Man, and Flash, but what's the official, you know, Rutherford ranking for those heroes? <laughs> Bat Batman and Spider-Man will always be tied. I love them both equally. Um, and then probably behind that, behind them would be Flash and Captain America and probably Iron Man. Uh, 
I mean, I just, I love so many heroes though, uh, especially with all the movies that have been released and how they've grown this entire universe of superheroes. It's, it makes me want to read more about every single character because I would know a lot about the characters, but then I would learn something new and be like, oh, this is super cool. Like, I didn't know they had that power or I didn't know they had that type of story. So, yeah. But as a hardcore fan, what's your stance on DC and Marvel with their production of movies? And, and why, why, why is it that DC is so bad? <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think some of the DC movies are actually pretty solid. Not all of them, obviously. Uh, I just, I think that they kind of rushed developing a universe. You know, Marvel started really slow. They started with one or two, three movies. And then they saw that people got, were getting into those movies and they were slowly thinking about how can we expand this universe at a, at a good rate. You know, they, they took 10 years to build an entire story that just finished with Endgame, and now they have the whole new phase going on. DC saw that and was probably like, oh, shoot, we got to catch up. Let's just try to use our big name heroes and power out some movies. And that doesn't, that doesn't work. You got to tell compelling stories and, and develop characters. So um, I think that's just kind of where the problem is with DC. But I think DC has done a good job with like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. I really like those two movies. I thought they were really good. Uh, Shazam was pretty funny and pretty good. I, it's just their, their first few installments were okay or bad. <laughs> and it, it hurt me as I was so excited for Batman versus Superman because, you know, I'm a Batman fan. And I was ready to, to see Batman kick Superman's butt because I've seen it in the comics. But then the movie was just so bad. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. As a as a fellow fan of Batman, I I really don't like how they broke like Batman's rule about killing. And uh, I hated like, it. It was so right. bad. Oh my god! It killed. And, he, and they gave him a gun to use as well. And they they there were like so many explosion scenes where obviously like Batman just murdered someone. I I, I hated that. That was terrible. yeah. It was terrible. I I don't know how they did that and why they did that. I will say. The best thing that did come out of that movie was the warehouse fight scene. Right. Took down like 30 guys. That was the most Batman thing I've seen since the Christopher Nolan trilogy. But that was, other than that, it, it wasn't enough to save how bad they made Batman in that movie. <laughs> right. It had the best fight scene overall, but they broke the, like, the sacred Batman rule about never killing. And, exactly. Yeah. This is. It was frustrating as a fan, I will say. But uh, apparently a lot of people are trying to defend it and say that it was within his character, but I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. So. And then we don't, we don't, we obviously don't have to talk about the whole Martha thing. We can both agree that that was just, you know, terrible mm. movie making. I, and one thing that really bothered me was, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. I love Jesse Eisenberg. He's great in the social network and all these other movies that he's done, but he was just not a good Lex Luthor. I, I don't know why they made him that way. I, I just didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, but I, I think though that DC, their animated movies are a lot better. Oh, so good. I mean, they, they have the animation department locked down like they've made some incredible animated movies and the old animated cartoons like the 90s batman is to date one of my favorite shows ever i have all four seasons of it on dvd because i loved it so much right and if only they took their time developing their live action movies with compared to how they did develop their animated universe throughout like they started in 2010 or 2013, I think. And um, they just, you know, released Justice League Apocalypse uh, Dark, I think, or War. Have you, have yeah. you had a chance to see that one? 
Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah. uh, pretty dark, pretty dark uh, scenes, right? Yeah, that's, I think just those are compelling stories. Like if you took those stories and you made them live action, like those would be really good. But you have to, the thing about live action is you kind of have to develop all those characters first before you can do a movie like that. So, yeah. Um, two more questions here, Tommy. All right. Uh, this one I just forget, should have asked earlier, but are, are there are there people still who don't know who you are and at UCI, and they see you walking into their engineering class and they 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 probably give you the look like, wait, are you are you actually a civil engineering student? Um, I wouldn't say that a lot of people look at me like that when I come into a class, if they don't know who I am, it's more of like, they'll overhear me say, like, I have a game or I'm an athlete on campus. And they'll be like, you're an athlete. Like, Uh they're like surprised that I'm an athlete and I'm in an engineering class. (laughs) Like that's really the only surprise that I get from people. Um, most most people know who I am now just because we take so many classes together that you you get to know each other really fast when you're in the same classes a lot of people so yeah um and then just to end it off I, I don't know if you remember but you know I met you like at, at a Chipotle and UTC a couple months ago you probably meet a lot of people so you may not remember but uh uh, I just uh, wanted to ask, what's uh, what's in your bowl? What's in in your Chipotle bowl? My Chipotle bowl, I go double meat with carnitas and chicken. I go two scoops of beans with one scoop black beans, one scoop pinto, uh, white rice. Then I throw a guac, cheese, lettuce, and salsa in there. Right. And, and by order. And how often do you go to Chipotle in a week? I haven't been for a while, but uh, I used to go like once or twice a week at least just because it was right there. And I was like, all right, get it and go. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks, Tommy, for coming on. You're, uh, you're a great guest to have. I really yeah. appreciate your time. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Yeah.